Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. On a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so uh, you know, that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Is your business being challenged by the complexity? Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm talking about Ryan and the board. SP Futures up 4. NSA Futures up 33. So after a slight down day yesterday. Do we have Professor Carl? Um, going to ramp him up his tone a little bit. Carl, you there? Yeah. There you go. Barely hear you, but it, Ryan will get it right. How are you How are you this fine Tuesday morning? Well, I'm uh, in the process of freezing my butt off. Colorado. Oh, okay. Planning on doing some skiing, but uh, not today. However, that's because there's a blizzard uh, going on in the place that we intend to do that. Uh, this, is, is this part of the... You're in southern Colorado, so this is part of the atmospheric river that hit California? Yeah, and uh, the we kind of sort of planned to have this happen we, it, because what's on the back of that is usually the best skiing you'll ever have. <laughs> well, you do realize that only your only your skis have to see the snow. You don't, if you're really good. Well, the intent is to not see the snow, at least not up close, you yes. know, like in your face. Right. I mean, it, it, sometimes it doesn't work that way. No, it definitely does not. Um, and if you, you have problems with goggles steaming up, you know, all kinds of issues. But I, I always liked the idea back in back in the days when the the real powder hounds would would head out and they. You know, they all have the beards, and then the, the, you have the big icicle in the beard. Yeah, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah, you want to like break it off, but you know, but the guys would guys guys would live for that. You know, it's it's funny. You could you could ski. I used to go maybe a week or two a year. You could go a long time before you actually had a powder day. I mean, you could go you know years before you actually had. And powder skiing is so much different than, than regular skiing, it's scary. Well, it's, the funny thing is, is that, that this is now, this will make the second year in a row that we hit the timing on this absolutely perfectly. 
to get a bluebird day on the back of a storm. So you're uh, so, you're uh, where are you? Uh, well, we're near we're near a place called Wolf Creek, which okay. is my my personal favorite. Um, and I probably shouldn't tell people this on the air because you know one of the things that makes it so nice is it's not all that crowded. <laughs> but that's <laughs> now where where are you in relation to? I mean, uh, geographically. I mean, Steamboat's Northwest. That I used to like going there. I liked Vale. We went to Telluride a few times. I never been asked. I, you know what? I I personally came here one time. I'll never go skiing any of the other ones again. Well, no, you, where, where where are you? It's that good. Where are you uh, geographically? You're you're kind of waste anywhere, right? Um. So yeah. The, well, this is that's the reason that it's not all that popular. Is it's not a party hound place. Um, you come here to ski. You don't come here to you know do the opera ski you know stuff because uh, there isn't really any. Uh, it's it's south south central, uh, about two hours east of Durango. Okay, so you're you're away from Denver. Oh oh god yeah. I mean it's uh, yeah if you, if you fly into Colorado Springs or Denver, you're talking about a six hour car ride after that. All right, so you're 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 almost as far as Telluride then. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's in the San Juans. So okay. That's the, you know, How much confidence company. do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Right, is the buttons over there. Um, well, you know. sorry about that. We're good now. <laughs> no problem. Uh, what uh, what do you make? We've got some earnings that came out, and every every everybody's earnings is fantastic. Uh, you know, most of them are anyway. I mean, we had squared yesterday off the chart. We've got Zoom today off the chart, up ten to twelve percent actually. Uh, we have uh. Seemingly, like credit growing at every level, and I don't, yeah. I don't. Uh, and one of the one of the dudes in the office here yesterday just he lives in a you know a nice Chicago neighborhood, not right. not Lincoln Park, but nice. And he's got his uh, tax bill last year was eleven thousand. This year they want twenty. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that things like that tend to happen? Yeah, and I, uh, I just wonder what. I mean, I know there's this, well. It's not only a racial thing, but it's some sort of a, you know, poor people that deserve other people's money type of thing going on. But what makes anybody think that people just happen to have another nine grand hanging around? I mean, for, well, for, a, reg- for a regular old house. We're talking about people that are, you know, in their 60s, for God's sake. You know, there is, so there's so many different elements of this that all kind of tie together in the same place, right? I mean, we have, we have this... I would consider it an invasion going on in the southern border. Um, and I, I don't think Biden himself has orchestrated this because I don't think he has enough going on upstairs to be able to do that. But there are clearly people within the Democratic Party and the, uh, you know, the machinery, if you will, that, uh, you know, the AOCs of the world that think that there is no limit to how much money we can print and hand out to people and uh, you know subsidizing this sort of behavior with uh, you know two thousand dollar a month EBT cards and free housing because you're entitled to it uh, so gee that, that you know think think about that chief that's not bad living okay I mean you don't have to do anything uh, these yeah how do you feel about the, you know the so-called plight of these folks okay never mind the young woman who was just murdered by an illegal invader uh, in Athens Georgia 
I, we don't have to go very far in Chicago to find a murder. No, you don't. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, you know, if you're in, if you're in Chicago, maybe this is, you know, this is sort of like, okay, uh, yeah, another one big deal. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, you know, I did live there for quite a long time, right? Uh, there's, you know, there's a site that catalogs this stuff. Hey, jackass! I've referenced it in my writings before. I, I, uh, I check it out every week. Yeah, Chicago's finest values. Um, <laughs> and and yet at the same time. Uh, as it has now developed, the person who was alleged to have done this has been arrested. It was arrested in New York for several felonies, including child endangerment. That's an interesting one, right? Yeah. They let him go. And then he goes down to Athens, Georgia, gets an apartment with his brother, who was also illegally. His brother had managed to acquire a forged green card which was discovered when he attempted to get a job. Uh, he never actually got paid. He worked a couple of days, and they fired him when they found out the credentials were forged. He's living with that guy, and and it is alleged he murdered this young woman. Okay. We now we also have his source country, Venezuela, saying, we are taking any of our people back. Now, may I point out that under international law, you cannot be stateless. It's not nobody, possible. Nobody, nobody pays any attention to any laws, including international law. Well, I understand that, but if you're going to, if you as a nation take that position, right, and and that's, I mean, th- this is serious stuff. If you take that position, then you have, for all intents and purposes, declared your intention to wage war on the countries where your people go to, because they are now an invading army. You will not take them back. They are now. And, and especially when they're there committing crimes. All right. Um, when are we going to stop pussyfooting around with, you know, I mean, no, not everybody who comes here has that sort of intent, but clearly some of them do. Well, when I mean, I'm going to say that's enough. I, I don't, we have, this is the most amazing problem. It's at, at what end of the spectrum, at what, what level of the chessboard do you enter the deal? I mean, there's an awful lot of Americans, I mean, mostly right wing. I mean, I've got a couple of friends that call me, listen to the show, and they're like, "We don't want one person from anywhere." Uh, okay, that's kind of interesting because we're the ones that blew up the Middle East. I mean, I'm not a self-flagellant, but I mean, we're the ones that blew the place up. I mean, how many how many more million people can we put into the poor guy in Jordan, for God's sake? There's there's how many refugees in the world now? Like 10 million or something? And, and we're not well, gonna t- we're not going to take one. I mean, in some people's. I mean, I don't know. Well, what the- well, uh, well. Now wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. There's, there's, there's a. Yeah, I mean, you. But you can't. We didn't blow up Venezuela. No. All right. It, we didn't blow up Mexico. In fact, we seem to think Mexico is a great place to stick a car factory. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the whole thing is, is incredibly. All the stuff we thought was going to work. You know, and a lot of these places clearly hasn't. I mean, people can't wait. And yet, uh, in some ways, one of the people, a couple of people here in the building, they still have families down in Mexico, and they're in pretty nice areas, and they don't really have a whole lot of problem. People do have a job, uh, a lot of them. Uh, You know, so I mean, it's Venezuela. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do if a place. It just reminds me so much of. Not reminds me because I wasn't around, but. There's been other times in the world we have this incredibly expanding population with horrendous governments pretty much everywhere. 
maybe even including here. And and, and pl- these places are absolutely falling apart, and people can't wait to get out. I mean, there's people we had a, a dude on a long time ago that was a lawyer for the people down in Guantanamo. And there's like 10 or 12 people there that they can't place. They know they were absolutely arrested wrongly. They happen to be in the wrong block. They still, they still are in their cell every night because the people here, even though they're not an Interpol list, they're not anywhere, they've never done anything in the 20 years they've been there, um, they don't want them here. And yet there are countries where they used to live, the, the, the village is non-existent. You're not going to drop somebody off by helicopter back in uh, the Sudan. Uh, there's, we, we got like 12 people. We can't place 12 people, Carl. Oh, I know. And this is, but, you know, we have, we, we seem to, to have this concept, and, it, and it's, it's all throughout our markets, which is why it ties into, you know, what we talk about all the time, that we can just hand out credit without consequence. But whatever pet project, whatever the pet project is, okay, whether it's yeah. whether it's we, we've got a refugee problem over here, we got you know we got a war going on over there, we got whatever we we don't like this guy, uh, you know we 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 were absolutely convinced in 2014 that, that the government of corrupt it was so corrupt in Ukraine that we could not tolerate them staying there for one more minute, and therefore we we fomented the maiden revolution. We caused it. It was called a revolution. We caused it. And there was plenty of sniping going on, plenty of actual shooting going on during that that period of time. Okay, and interestingly enough, of course, nobody ever owned up to who was doing the shooting, right? And, and by the way, they weren't shooting government troops; they were shooting civilians. But they, you know, nobody ever owned up to it. But isn't it interesting that after Zelensky gets in and, and everything's kind of kind of sort of settled up? Absolutely nobody goes to jail and gets hanged for that. Gee, I wonder which side the shooters were on. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any evidence to back this up. All I know is that nobody got prosecuted. There's a, there's an awful lot of crappy stuff going on, Carl. And I, I can't... My, but my, ever, but but my concern everything. is... I know, but I, my, my issue here is in the city of Chicago. It is... I drive by this uh, place where there's, where there's a lot of uh, people there. Displaced people, and uh, I drive by twice a day. Of course, in the morning they're not usually out, but I never see anybody drinking. I see half of them running over to Home Depot trying to get a job for the day. We're talking about fifty people. In in, in 1958 or 65 in the city, those fifty people would already have a job. We would have absorbed them in a second. The blatant incompetence. Why don't we show up with a bus every day? We're paying you cash. Let's go out to Horner Park, Marquette Park. Let's clean the place up, which it hasn't been clean in 50 years, and, and bring it back here and give you, give, you, give you cash. And by the way, we'll start a credit union with 20% of the credit union, so when you do get your green card, you can pay the taxes. This is not that difficult, Carl. Have we, have oh, we, no, oh, I know, but nobody does it. But I'm saying, it, I'm not, that's not going to solve the Venezuela problem. It's not going to solve no. the border problem. But let's solve one we can. We can't even do that. Oh, I know. And, you know, and here's the thing. But, okay, so we, so we can't get up a bus and, and, you know, pick up all the trash, right? Right. Clean the street, whatever. I mean, how much skill does it take to pick up the trash? Like, well, plus, right, have, right? So, have we, have, there's the same people there every day. Have we showed up with, uh, you know, sounds like the Nazis or something. If we showed up with a couple of vans, interviewed anybody, how do we know there's not 10 nurses there, for God's sake? We don't even know. Well, well, I understand that. But, you know, so let's so let's say that we were to do that. Okay.
Okay, but then the problem is, why would those people get on the bus if you're willing to hand them an EBT card that has two thousand dollars on well, it? They don't have to get on the bus. This this group's over at the Home Depot parking lot looking for a job. So whatever. Well, 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 okay. Well, that that group is clear. Okay, but that's not the entire crew. Well, I mean, I, I I can't. Here's 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 my my issue with this whole mess, Carl. An issue with government today, and, and with a lot of people today. Let's 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 take one problem at a time and solve it. Tomorrow we'll do right. another one. I mean, there's there's a sequence to this. You don't you don't throw a whole bunch of metal in a room and expect the railroad car to drive out the back end. You've got to take well, sure. one step at a time. And I'm saying let, let's take care of the problem. What, what, what's the what is the, uh, the the thing on the wall at the anti cruelty society? Something like. You can't solve the problems with abandoned dogs, but you sure as hell can change the life of one dog. Yeah, but but chief, you know this is the this is the age old thing when it comes to any sort of political problem. Okay, eighty percent of anything you want to take care of is is pretty easy. Yeah, the last twenty percent is hard and exponentially more expensive as you go down that stack. Okay, but the but the eighty percent is easy. The problem is you can't solve the eighty percent in today's political environment. No. Because as soon as you do, it comes off the table as a political weapon. Alright, because now all of a sudden, hey wait a minute, these guys that are left, they're not cleaning the streets. They're the ones who are here that, that want to kill young women. Alright, well gee, we just kind of filtered out, you know, the, the group of the two people, right? <laughs> we did it by by okay, you're cleaning streets, you're obviously not a problem. And you're getting paid for it on top of it. This guy over here that he doesn't want to do anything. Maybe he's got a little bit more nefarious intent. Well, well, gee, is he ever going to be integrated as, a, as an American? Well, as, as a Carl, all you got to do is drive through a, uh, through Austin or Inglewood, and the drug dealer is right out in the middle of the street with an orange jacket, for God's sake. Well, you know, that was going on in New York in the yeah, 1970s I mean, and 1980s. Right? I mean, you know, I, I walked through Central Park when I was doing some contract work there, and I had guys buy some coke, buy some smoke, buy some coke, buy some smoke, and he's... And he's Saying this to me, standing two feet away from a cop. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. I'm like, okay. So the cop's the muscle, so he doesn't get rolled, right? <laughs> Give me a break. Well, I mean, I guess you know we we've talked about we don't like the direction um, some of the economies going. By the way, is it is it this Friday we're doing labor numbers, or uh, is it next week? It's this week, right? I think it. I think it's Friday. Why would it not be Friday? Well, sometimes you it's know. not on the first. Well, unless, yeah, except that there isn't like a holiday that got in the way of it. I, I, I'm pretty sure the jobs report comes out. Well, so we have two, I'll say from the, I'll take words in your mouth, two kind of funky job reports showing positive growth when it seems like maybe there isn't positive growth in the household survey. And oh, by the way, everybody seems to be getting laid off. Uh, we've got even even uh, Mike Murphy, our, our uh, gentleman, helps us out with uh you know, some stuff going on in the, in the war, in Red Sea, which war, all the different wars, uh, was saying, what, how long can we can we go with almost record margin debt, virtually record credit card debt? Well, not only virtually, it is record. It is. Uh, we've got record government debt. How, the question is, how long can this go on? And there's a lot of people, obviously, since people like us have been saying, be careful for the last decade, and nothing bad seems to have happened. The market goes up every day, but the wealth bubble is something nobody could even conceive of 10 years ago. You know, why, why would somebody think it's going to happen tomorrow, Carl? And yet, you and I know that there's, there's a limit to this, or there always has been anyway. Uh, yeah, well, and, well, exponential series are like that, okay? But, uh, by the way, it is the 8th. It is not tomorrow. They're on Friday. 
No, it, it's it's next week. It's next week. It's it's Friday, March eighth. Yeah. And I, I just checked. And I'm not sure how exactly that works on the first versus the other, but a lot of times it's not on the first, and yet sometimes it is. Well, it's it's it just depends on how the sample week falls, and it's yeah. So it's but it's not this Friday. It's next Friday. I think one time didn't the idiots have it on the first when the first was Good Friday and we weren't even open. Well, uh, you know, I mean, there's like I said, you, you have to always check, right? <laughs> Whenever yeah. there's a question, it might be. But yeah, I mean, this is essentially if you think about how this how this situation has has come up, how it has developed, why why do we have the kind of insanity that we have going on? It's because Every single situation that has arisen since you know, the 1990, you know, 1999, 2000, okay, and the blow up in 2000, the answer to every one of those problems has been drop rates, run a higher deficit, hand out cash to people who do nothing in exchange for it. All right, find some way to do it, whether it's whether whether it's immigrants, whether it, you know, it doesn't matter what the program is, right? I mean, sure, a lot of those programs end up have ended up going to people who are Americans, and they love every minute of it, of course. I mean, you know, who doesn't like free money? But you build in this structural issue that compounds over time. And now what the market is essentially doing is saying, you know, Powell is out there, along with a bunch of other Fed-speak guys and gals, saying we don't see a reason why rates should be coming down in the immediate term. You know, we don't see anything going on that says that that's appropriate. In fact, we see plenty of things going on that say it's not appropriate. Okay. Uh, but then on the other hand, you have the market saying, oh, no, 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 rate, there's going to be six more rate cuts before the end of the year, before the end of 2023 or 2024. And, <laughs> okay, where are they? Well, so far there aren't any. And so you have this tension right now that is quite extreme between these two positions, because if, if you look at the valuations that we have today, if you've got to borrow, if you've got to borrow money out in the open market, and you got to pay five and a half, okay, some, something you know, twenty basis points over short-term treasuries, right, in order to borrow money as a corporation, if you've got to do that, um, how do these, how how do these valuations and these numbers work? They don't. They just don't. So. The expectation is that's not going to be what people have to pay in order to borrow the money. Well, somebody's wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think people's uh, view of where the interest rates are are going to be a year from now in a ten year, certainly with the inflation piece of it, I think they're they're nuts. But uh, that would just be me. Um, well, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, the the snapback. When, well, I mean, one, two things is even going to happen. You're, you're either going to have the Fed is going to turn around and say, F inflation and F everybody in America. We're, you know, we're going to continue to do what we've done for the last 25 years. All right. That's, that's one possibility. By the way, if that happens, uh, you may have stock prices continue to rise in, you know, in numerical terms. The problem is going to be what it costs you to go get a pound of hamburger. Well, the di- the difference between the people that have wealth and the people that are working is continuing to grow by the by the second. Right, and and that is how you end up with the French Revolution scenario. Well, you end up with there's, okay. there's twice you, there's twice that that's happened to this extent. 
One of it was one of them was two thousand, and one of them was nineteen twenty nine. Yeah, we, and we know what ended up happening yeah. both times, right? And it's you know so it's we, a problem. I mean, I I guess the, back, I mean when you have nine thousand dollars going to property tax, you can't pay it. But why, why, Carl? Uh, you know, we were talking. You know, you're talking. About no, nobody wants to give money to people that uh, a don't say don't deserve it. Whatever, whatever that even means. But you know, one thing I noticed when I was on the, the the board of uh, the SIBO, when you're in a room with people of all different, shall we say, levels of income and levels of expectation and so forth, you'd see somebody from the trading floor. You know, and some of them made it to the board because they were kind of popular in here for a while and they weren't bad guys but when you started talking about the bigger picture you just see their eyes kind of gloss over now, I was fortunate that I had a higher education and had worked for a couple firms before where those size numbers you know didn't didn't you know didn't throw me all that much because we weren't that big we're not talking about you know Exxon for God's sake where I would have been thrown uh, they get it, it is it's, it's it struck me that it's so much easier to get pissed off at some guy who went three contracts over position limit because that's something you can deal with. You can't deal with a member firm crossing something in the wrong way where they stole twenty grand from somebody because that's 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 above your pay grade sort of thing. I don't. I I think somehow in this country. I mean, I, there was a book my parents had. Welfare is not only for the is not really for the poor. It's for the rich. And if you look at virtually every everything that the government gives people, rich people end up with way more of it than anybody else. I mean, even Social Security, rich people live longer because they're healthier. I mean, we go right down the list. But the idea that the that, that the Supreme Court says that a corporation is the same as a person, yet their tax rate is like half of a person. We don't. And, and by the way, if if they pay, you know, at all. Well, not only that, chief. You, you as a person, if you cause somebody's death, you can you can be locked up for the rest of your life, yeah. or get the death penalty. Okay, yeah. so so your freedom, your your existence as an individual, uh, can be severely curtailed or even ended. Okay, and that under under due process of law, and yet we have a huge number of laws. And I have to I talk about this all the time. This is one of my primary hammer points that I pound on, is that. 15 United States Code Chapter 1 says that the mere attempt to monopolize restrain trade or fixed prices is a 10-year criminal felony for every single person that does it. doesn't matter whether it's done in a corporation or not, okay? makes no difference. If you're a director of a company, a corporation, and you do that, you're supposed to go to prison for 10 years. We never, and, and oh, by the way, also, up until Arthur Anderson, as a corporation, we convicted corporations of felonies, and if you were convicted as a corporation of a criminal felony, you could you lost your corporation lost its civil rights, like you do if you're convicted of a felony. You can't own a gun, and you can't vote. Okay, well, guess what? If you lose your, your if you're convicted of a felony as a corporation, you can't do business with the federal government. Well, and bye bye if that happens to you. So it's the same thing, and yet since Arthur Anderson, we have never. Done it to well, yeah, that's because everybody else has a regular. Carl, we got a dash, bud. Uh, we'll talk to you on you're on Friday, right? Are you still skiing? What are you doing? Oh, well, no, I'll be available. Okay, bud. We'll talk to you uh, at length on this on Friday. SP futures up eight, and as if he's up fifty-seven. Be right back, Mr. Joel and Cannon.
your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR. Innovation and Human Resources. Licensed in Illinois and Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. I'm Tom Howell. Uh, Ryan on the board. SP Futures up 875. NASA Futures up 62. We had that down day yesterday. We got to buy the dip. Buy the dip. We got to come back. And Dow's up 16. Uh, individual stocks. We've got uh, Zoom up 792. They had earnings last night. Uh, Bitcoin continues to net coin. Coin continues to go up. Coinbase because Bitcoin continues to run up every day. Uh, very interesting. We're, we're, we're blowing everything up here. We're uh, it's it's, uh, it's a it's a party over in Europe. DAX up 85.5%, FTSE down 4.6, uh, call that flat. CAC around up 11, call that flat, but generally to the upside over in Europe. For Asia, the Nikkei up 5, five points, call that flat, 39,239, but uh, that's still, I think, high for like decades over there. Hang Seng up 156, uh, it's almost a full percent, 16,790, we'll see if they go back to 17. Shanghai up another 38, 1.29%. Well over uh, 3,000, 3,015. So whatever the Chinese government is doing, it's helping out over there and probably helping out all the rest of the markets. Uh, yesterday, Dow was down 62, S&P down 19, Nasdaq down 20. A lot of that happened in the last 15 minutes. Uh, bonds, 10-year uh, down 3 basis points, 4.26. The Bund down 1 basis point, 2.42. Oil, uh, down 22 cents. Oil been real quiet lately, right in the middle of the 70s, 77.36. Rent down 26 cents, 82.27. Natural gas down a dime. Get a load of this, 155. Wow. Arbob up a penny, 231. Boy, if you'd have thought we have a cold winter and bought that at 30, man, you're, you're in deep doo-doo. 
Uh, U.S. dollar uh, pretty much unchanged. 108.5 against the euro and 126.9 against the British pound. Very quiet in that area as well. Gold up 8.30, 2047. Trying to make it back to 2050. We'll see if it does. Keeps getting slapped back. Silver bouncing back from yesterday's big loss. Up 16 cents, 22.89. And we've got Bitcoin up 2,600 bucks, 50,165. Why not have a fake stock go up? All the rest of them are going up. What do you got for us, Ryan? Uh, Traffic Weather Sports. Hey, good morning, Chief. Uh, right now in the world of sports, uh, in case you forgot what happened Sunday, uh, Philadelphia beat the Blackhawks. Oh, excuse me. I'm looking at the wrong one. Yep. Don't mind me. Blackhawks lost 2-3 to three to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, however, the Bulls did win 114-108 to uh, 108 against, uh, I believe, who was that again? The Pelicans. The Pelicans, yes. Thank you. Uh, in addition to that, uh, even though it's just the preseason, the Sox lost to the Rangers 2-4, and the Cubs got smoked 0-6 to the Kansas City Royals. What do you think about that, Chief? Well, it's exhibition. It's early. What can I tell you? Yeah, Fair enough. Can't say I disagree. Uh, in weather in Chicago, uh, we're sitting at a solid 54 degrees with a high of 71 tonight and a low low of 27 as things go on. Please keep in mind that there are also thunderstorms forecasted for 7 p.m. tonight, so do take that into consideration if you're going out. Uh, Meanwhile, in Phoenix, Arizona, it's a solid 58 degrees with a high of 75 degrees and a low of 54, so not terrible if I do say so myself. Good for a baseball game. Oh yeah, truly. Uh, In regards to traffic, right now the inbound Edens from Deerfield Road to I-290, we're looking at about 25 minutes. Uh, from the Eisenhower inbound I-290 from Thorndale to the Kennedy, we're looking at a solid 38 minutes. The inbound Dan Ryan Express from 95th Street to I-290, uh, also not a not too bad. It's a good 19 minutes with a speed of 37 miles an hour on average. And on the Stevenson, we're looking at about 37 minutes uh, from I-355 to the Dan Ryan. That's a ways. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse, could be better, but uh, we'll work with what we got, right? Do we have Mr. Joel? Yeah, good morning. Chief. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. Uh, who's the new guy? It's Ryan. Ryan. Hey, Ryan. How you doing there? Good job. Yeah, thanks, Joel. Appreciate that. He's, he's getting the hang of it. He's learning. It's it's more more difficult than it, than it seems. Everything's to get the hang of it, and then all of a sudden you don't. But Is he a Michigan fan? Not sure. Ryan, who are you a fan of? Uh, the short answer is no. I tend to stay loyal, even though we suck. You're an Illinois fan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say so. I mean, it could... uh, Also, not just Illinois, Chicago in general. You know, it's just, uh, the home state, it's the hometown. Who's ever winning, you know? Exactly. I mean, I was a pretty big... How how about that uh, Hawks-Wings game on, uh, on Sunday, huh? I'm not exactly sure why the the Hawks got rid of Patrick Kane. Who'd they get for him? Oh man, that was wasn't that a long time ago? Like a year and a half, two years. Oh, that's right, that's right. He went to the Rangers. Uh, then he got hurt with the Rangers. I, I don't remember. Was he a free agent? Was no, there, they was they, they dumped him. They dumped him for salary, and they must have got a draft pick or something. And then he he got hurt. They didn't get much for him. And then he they got hurt. And then uh, he'd be signed with the uh, Detroit. He had the surgery, and all of a sudden it looks like he's pretty good again. I mean, he's no spring chicken. No, but he's not like he's 50 either. He was the youngest guy on the team. <laughs> right. I mean, on, the, on the Hawk team. So, anyway, I, but he's good. I mean, he has amazing yeah. he has amazing puck skills. 
Yep, hats off to the to the uh, Blackhawks crowd. They uh, they gave him a, a cheer, even though we scored the winning goal for the uh, uh, for the Red Wings. And then um, I also heard that they uh, gave a nice ovation. Or, uh, they retired Chelios's jersey. Yep. So, uh, but uh, yeah, the Wings are back. Looks like we're gonna make the playoffs. I don't want to jinx them, but. Uh, you know, you, you notice that, like, in, in, in towns that, you know, go through uh, long periods without teams making the playoffs. You know, one team does and make a run, and then, you know, it kind of expires the other one. Of course, we have Stevie Y. Stevie Iserman uh, has taken over a couple of years. Taken a little bit longer than uh, a lot of people wanted, but, uh, you know, they're building a team. Uh, finally got a decent goaltender. They're not paying a lot, and then... Uh, Dylan Larkin, a Michigan grad, and uh, uh, you know Patrick Kane. Uh, they signed um, DeBrickett, a, a, a big-time uh, free agent signing. So, uh, yeah, yeah, put on my hockey hat, Chief. By the way, he's another hawk. Really? DeBrickett was on those teams, yeah. Wow, I did not know that. But yeah. uh, you you want to talk sports? Or you want to talk market? Well, what what do we? The market. Uh, what are we going to continue? We we got this. Anything that people in the long time in the industry look at in terms of margin, uh, debt, and all those other kinds of things, all stuff's... Doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't seem to matter at all. I mean, no, we, no, it doesn't matter. Nope, nope. Uh, you got the MAG-7, uh, you know, leading the way, obviously. Uh, you know, you have the AI craze. It doesn't seem to be going away uh, anytime soon. Uh, you have underinvested money managers, right, that are just caught behind the eight ball. You have the unrealish, dovish pivot coming, uh, you know, at the end of last year that no one expected. Uh, so, you know, a lot of different factors. Uh, but I think a lot of cash on the sidelines, a lot of, how, a lot of managers uh, how can- are missing out. How can anybody, this idea of these underinvested money managers, how is anybody underinvested? People I do stuff for in some of these areas that I subcontract to, if you got 40 cents in somebody's account, they're bitching at you that you're not in the market all the way. I mean, who's on? Unless you have people that, for whatever reason, we have a lot of people that have some money in T bills now because they want to cut back. Other than that, I mean, I, I don't know of anybody, I have, you know, a couple people where, the, you know, the, the money is in a state or something where, I mean, you're definitely going to be in something real safe. Uh, but I don't know of anybody who's who's got 90% of their money in cash. Do you? Well, 90 is a lot different. Well, I mean, but, but I mean, if you're, but if you're 20% in cash, are you, are you underinvested? I don't know. Uh, no, no. I mean, a, a, a little bit. I mean, Chief, you got to look at it until October. Right until the end of October, you know, you're looking okay, right? From last year, you sure. know, right? You know, the market was, you know, up on the year modestly at that point. You're locking in five percent, you don't know what inflation is going, you know, gonna happen, and boom, there you go. Then you had, you know, you, you ignite a rocket ship. So, I don't know if it's so much of a, I, I think people, and, and I, I can say that, you know, uh, I did do some buying in 2023, uh, and I was comfortable with what I did, but man, not enough when you, you know, when you compare what happened to the market. And now, now you're just in a situation where, there, you know, as far as the S&Ps go, there's no resistance. What I'd like to see uh, over the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, is uh, for the you know the small caps to perk up. And if there's ever a juicy looking chart 
Um, it's the monthly on the IWM. You know, it's it's clawed its way back uh, from the October lows and just bumping its head against uh, really mid-range for that entire break. Uh, you got folks don't remember uh, we're well off the all-time high in the IWM. And, you know, while the triple Q's very tech heavy, the S and P's super tech heavy at the top. They're far beyond the all-time highs, but uh, with the uh, it's over 240 for the IWM. So I'd like to see a little bit more of a broad-based rally, and uh, we are on the precipice of that. Well, that's one possibility. And, and oh, by the way, I agree with you. The problem is I'm going to have to pick your brain here. We don't have too much time, but I'm putting the money I put to work in the last three, four weeks, I put a lot of it in the IWM because I'm sort of feeling the same way you are. Yet I also have the feeling that, you know what, Joel, I'm not always right. Is it, is something changed in the world in terms of can these people borrow? Can we talk about? There's no antitrust whatsoever. Uh, well, I guess now they're trying to do something about the Albertsons thing, but even so, that's the first time anyone's done anything in forever, it seems. Um, are the small firms just never going to catch up with these other guys? You, you and I seem to think that in a normal world they will, is something fundamentally change where they won't is the question. Because right? I put keep, every time I buy something, I assume that the guy who's selling it to me might have a brain too, <laughs> right? You know, why why is it so easy to get in the IWM if you and I are right? Interest rates, chief. Uh, a lot of these companies, uh, well, the biotechs are doing a little bit better, but a lot of these small cap companies are you know reliant on you know borrowing money. And uh, right now, it looks like for the time being, it looks like rates have stopped going up. But uh, really, really, to kickstart a rally in the IWM, uh, you're going to need rates to come in. And uh, right now, you know, March is off the table. They don't know about May. They don't know about June. Uh, so it, it looks like, you know, boom, just when, uh, you know, when you, we get that official interest rates cut. But a lot of that's already factored into the market. I mean, conventional wisdom did not do you much for investing in 2023, right? Don't no, it didn't. Fight, uh, you know, higher interest rates. So. The only thing I think about is, you know, when, you know, when they start actually lowering, you know, it'd be, oh, we're going into recession, or people are going to freak out. But uh, right now, man, uh, good news is good news, and bad news is good news in this market. Well, when people constantly talk about the rates going down and how it's going to goose the market, if you pause for a second, the market's higher than when they started raising the rates. It is, like I said, yeah. you know, throw, throw out the investing book, chief, uh, yep. you know, fight the fact. Right. Well, uh, your, your, is your team going to make the tournament in Michigan? Oh, Chief, you know they're not going to make the tournament. Well, Come on. Well, if they win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament, sometimes they get in. At 8 and 19? Oh, they're that bad. Oh, I didn't know they were that bad. 8 and 20 after losing to Purdue. I will say something, though, and I'm sure your your uh, your listeners against uh, uh, across Chicagoland are going to think I'm crazy, but I am crazy, but... They're the best eight and twenty team I've ever seen. Um, you sound like Leo DeRocher when he came to the Cubs. We're not Leo DeRocher, yeah. Uh, injuries um, have beset the team. They lost their top st- uh, scorer and transfer. Uh, Juwan had some heart problems. Everyone's calling for Juwan's head. Uh, I think they're going to give him another year or two. I mean, he he. I mean, he had beelines guys and he did okay with them, but. Uh, 
Batman since they've been out the door and on to the NBA. Actually, I did go to the Pistons game and on uh, Saturday night, a heartbreaking loss. They also had a heartbreaking loss last night to the Knicks. It kind of got oh, I heard all about that. They got ripped off by yeah. a call. Yeah, uh, but uh, both Vodners were on that team. And I'll tell you one thing. I mean, I'm not a big NBA guy, but I keep an eye on the uh, Orlando Magic uh, over that. They got Pablo Banchero. You know, do you know that name from no. Duke? He was a first-round draft choice. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. And this guy's 6'10". And he's dribbling the ball off the court. And then Franz Wagner, same thing. 6'10". can dribble and drive and shoot the three. So uh, keep an eye on that. I know the big favorites are, you know, the Celtics. Uh, you know, the Celtics out in the west, uh, east. I'm not sure about the west as much. Don't follow that as closely. But, uh, man, really, impre- really impressed with uh, with the Orlando Magic. And they got Mo Wagner uh, yeah. coming off the bench. So uh, that's it for me, All Chief. right, bud. Take uh, care. All right. Go Blue. Ryan, you want to go right to Kenny since we ran over a little bit? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Kenny, Kenny with us? I'm here, sweetheart. What are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. I'm just, as usual, trying to f- figure out the market. I was just... Talking to Joel about, uh, I agree with him that you know a disproportionate share of the money that I put to work in the last say four weeks, five weeks, has been in the Russell, and I'm just wondering if I'm right. Uh, I'm always wondering. Right? I mean, you always got to second guess yourself, Kenny, because whenever you buy something, somebody sells it to you, right? Maybe he knows more than you that day. <laughs> that is the way it works. Um, but, you know, I think you're okay, actually. I think the Russell, because I got money in the Russell as well, I think it's okay. I think, you know, we're going to see this shift. Um, because I, I think the rate cut story and the Fed, Kansas City Fed, you know, he started the conversation yesterday telling everyone, slow down, boys. This whole three rate cut thing or four rate cut thing that the market appears to be pricing in ain't happening, or at least not in his view. He thinks patience is a virtue. Rates should stay higher. And I think starting tomorrow, we're going to get the parade of Fed heads Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Are they going to are they going to sing the same song, or are they, in fact, going to challenge each other uh, in the global public square and, and have this infighting where some say, you know, slow down, and the others say, no, it's time to go. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're all going to sing the same tune, because I think they realize uh, that inflation is not is not we haven't killed it yet, and we'll see by the PCE numbers tomorrow, which are actually supposed to be up. And you know that's the Fed that's the Fed's uh, favorite gauge. But the month over month numbers are supposed to be up. If we get a four tenths of a percent month over month on the core number, if you annualize that, that's a four point eight percent inflation rate, well above the two percent target that they keep talking about. So I think that I think that I think they're gonna they're gonna talk it down. I think the market's going to back off, but the money's going to come out of the tech names because they've been the outperformers, and it's going to move into some of the sectors where their the valuations are not stretched yet, and there will be opportunities. So I think industrials, healthcare, banks, um, are places, consumer staples are places. And look, they're not sexy. There's nothing sexy about consumer staples, but um, uh, you know, in an environment where you think there's going to be a little bit of a pullback and maybe some rumbling uh, out of the tech names, causing some causing some chaos. There'll be, if you want exposure to stocks, uh, there'll be uh, there'll be opportunity there. So while I don't, while I want to see a pullback, I don't think there's going to be this massive pullback because I think there'll be a reallocation of money, and so that'll 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 mute it a little bit. What do you think of this uh, article here by uh, Comerica? It says stocks fell average. <clears throat> it's going to be 21 percent on average after first red Fed rate cuts since the 70s. That stocks to what they fell twenty one percent. 
Well, so listen, here's what I think. You, I think you have to be careful. First of all, you and I have discussed it. Rates at five and a quarter percent are normal. Anyone who doesn't think they're normal was born after you and I, and they grew up in this business in 2007 when rates were zero for 15 years. So they think zero is normal. Okay, that's not normal, right? But nor is 20% normal. Five and a quarter percent is normal. So if they adjust rates, even if they cut them by 25 basis, say you get one cut, 25 basis points. Okay, great. You're going to go to five, five and a quarter. That's still very much in that normal range. I don't think there's a reason to, 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 to create panic, but... What it says is if the rate, if the Fed cuts rates, what it says is that we're going down the drain or the economy is going off the edge. And so they're trying to they're trying to stop that bleed. I don't see that happening yet. I don't see the economy going down the drain at the moment. Demand is strong. Wage growth is strong. Job market is strong. Where are we going down the drain? So the argument about, oh, they need to cut rates is a bunch of these people that are stamping their feet because they're not getting their way. I say stop the whining. Five and a quarter percent is normal. Um. I'm going to say it's it's a it's a tad high. Oh, a tad. Okay, yeah. but it's not. They shouldn't be three percent. No, they I would I would I would say short term should be four seventy five and long term should be six, something along those lines. Okay, okay, but 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 let's be honest. We're coming off of fifteen years of zero, and so you got to give the market time, and you got to give both the equity markets and the bond markets and people and investors time to get used to what reality should be so i think they should hold them right here i don't think i don't any i'm not disagreeing i just cut them at all. i just p- politically and politically somehow or another we've gotten to this bizarre world of politics <laughs> exactly but, but uh i i'm actually really concerned uh kenny the politics now especially for somebody who's trying to win an, an election yeah. and, and of course you got the other guy if the market went down immediately, he would jump on it and say, "If he was here, the market would be up." You know, and then some of his and some of his loser people would would believe him, right? Um, the I don't. They're not. They're not going to touch this wealth bubble somehow. We, we've got a, We've got a country that's friggin' broke. We're fighting wars, right. and still yeah. we can't find a way to have the corporations pay even the ridiculously small amount of taxes they're supposed to pay, because we're so afraid that, is- that if we if we do that, the market will go down, and we, or right. something, and yet we can't, we can't, uh, we we can't seem to have cut back on the money supply growth, or, or we see, you know, the bubble we put in, and the forty percent in three years is going to last us for a while. They don't even, if they go flat now, they're still, it's still working its way through the system. Right. I, I don't they see how they can't pull that. It's going to be they, it's going to be a, t- a long time before they're able to work that through. They've created way too much money. Um, and I think the I think that's clearly what the Fed has in the back of their mind. They can't. They they did this to themselves, right? Well, yeah. They they. What I'm saying is this: this wealth bubble now is it has to be protected. You need correct. You need Bitcoin at seventy five. You need artificial stocks going up. You need tulips. We need tulips now because the economy. Tulips. I mean, it, it's essentially what we have with so many stocks. Yeah, I mean, it, a thousand percent. And uh, and I don't. It's it's never really worked before, but but you run the you run the risk of of destabilizing all kinds of places, and it's one thing for yeah. me to last week I don't you weren't on, but I went through the uh, took me like a minute and a half if anybody actually wants to do it, go to Turkey, look at the the increase in the money supply in the last two years, look at the inflation and look at the stock market they're all the same number, it, they're they're all up you know whatever two hundred percent a year or something some ridiculous thing, or fifty percent or whatever the hell it is. They're all the same thing. You're 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 not you're not gaining anything by printing money. 
And yet, we're the first time, I think, ever that the reserve currency of the world is up to that game. And I, th- I think we're, you know, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, no, I'm absolutely no, not a fan of Putin or anything, but what we're doing to the, the dollar is screwing a lot of co- countries in this world. We're, we're causing some of this unheaval, upheaval by what we're doing to our dollar, I think. The wealth, there's a lot of people in all, all spots of the world, places you and I don't want to live, that somehow have amassed 10, 100 hour US, $100 bills, and now that's worth six compared to five years ago, right? Am I right or wrong? I mean, it is. I mean, I, this, this, this is not something a reserve currency place should ever do, should ever increase their money supply by 40% in 18 months. I don't care if it's a COVID or not. Do you? I mean, that's just that's not the solution to a disease. I hear you, but just like they just like they held rates too low for too long, they did the same thing with with money supply, right? They well, created too much of it for far too long. Well, it, it, it's the same thing. I mean, since since two thousand, certainly since two thousand and seven, we've had a money supply growth of eight and a half percent on average, and, and an economy growth of two or three, which means every year there's there's five to six percent inflation in the in the economy and they kept telling us it was one and a half well where did it go for for 10 years it went into the medical area which they don't count and now for god's sake kenny you you, you just were in the emergency room and you came out walking thank god what was the number that they charged you i mean it's it's it's, it's off the chart it's it's ridiculous what they charge ridiculous what they charge by the way speaking of that Speaking of that, a little bit off, the, but it, it, it's, it's, it's a funny story. Did you hear this morning the news out of this new information officer from Wendy's? Uh, no. Wendy's hamburgers, you know, they serve hamburgers and frosties. They are going to surge pricing in the new year. Well, 2025, they say. that they, they put it out there, I guess, in the new year or later this year. Wendy's is going to surge pricing. So if you want a hamburger at 10 o'clock in the morning, it's going to cost you $7. But if you go in at 12, when it's lunchtime, it's going to cost you 10 And the same thing for a Frosty. I, I, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are they thinking? What are they thinking? Well, I mean, usually so I usually, usually people, like the, the, the Dunkin' Donuts down the block, if you go yep. for a coffee, like after 2, it's cheaper. So I guess that's unsurge. It it's an unsurge discount. It's same. It's depending on which way you look at it. I think it, it makes I more sense that. to I say. Ne- wait a I never. I go to Dunkin' Donuts all the time because I love Dunkin' Donuts. I, it's always the same price to me, and I go at all times of the day. Well, maybe it's one, well. This place is three fifty for coffee, so you have to. Yeah, well, I'm paying the same thing down here in Florida. It, it, that's exactly right. I pay three fifty, but I pay three fifty if it's five a.m. or if it's ten a.m. or if it's two a, two p.m. Yeah, I don't know if they still had it, but it was there for a while. Uh, they had a special in the afternoon. And I was well, like, well, a special yeah. maybe is one thing. If they say, yeah, it's a special for a week or two weeks, whatever. But <laughs> this guy apparently announced uh, surge pricing starting in the new year. And look, Wendy's has been a huge underperformer. It's down 24% since December 2022. It's down 7% alone this year. I can't believe that this news is going to be bullish. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know Wendy's. That's fine. I don't go to Wendy's. Uh, I don't even go to McDonald's. McDonald's is crazy too. You oh, go yeah. to McDonald's, you got a you got a Big Mac and fries and a and a and a, and a Coke and it costs you twenty dollars. Oh yeah, it's unreal. I mean, it, I don't I mean the uh, my uh, <laughs> not to take a shot at him, but I will. If some guys sometimes do some work at my place, and uh, the guy brings his two his two sons with because they're in high school yeah. now and they help them out. Yeah. Well, the yeah. kids the kids love this Chick Fil A. 
you know, so I, I go to yeah. the Chick-fil-A, and there's a guy in front of me in line, and he's got a, uh, like a kid who's probably 12, a male, a boy, yeah. and he's got uh, two daughters, and I, I remember because the one daughter was taller than him, she must have been like a volleyball player or something, but the, uh, the, he had one, one daughter 17, the other 15, and the boy's like 12. They get, you know, the sandwich and salad and fries and 82 bucks for the four of them. Tell me about it. And I do the same thing for these guys because they want to have it. But first of all, there's no male over the age of four that can have just one of those sandwiches, and, and be especially if you're working. So there's that plus the chicken strips plus the fries. And yeah. I'm, I'm 75 hours without drinks because I got drinks at my place. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting there. The but you know the weird part is, Kenny, I pick up the bag, and the bag yeah. is light. I mean, yeah. and, and I know because I like to cook, so not as much as you. You get boneless, gin, uh, skinless chicken breast anywhere for two bucks a pound. I mean, I mean yeah. the, there's not there's not a pound and a half of chicken in the bag, <laughs> total, right. and, and it's right. and it's seventy bucks. I mean, uh, I, you know, they, I know the footprint costs a lot. They got a bunch of people. They have a drive-through. You, the place is spotlessly clean. The people are pleasant. The food's fresh. I get all that, but wow, the margins just got to be unbelievable. Well, I got to tell you something. I was at the I was speaking at the Money Show last week, which was out in Vegas, right? Well, they still the, do uh, those, eh? Wow. Yeah, yeah. At, out in uh, out at the Paris Hotel. Now, I'm not a big Vegas person. I, I'm not a gambler. Uh, Vegas is not a place I would go if I'm saying to my wife, "Let's go away for a weekend or a long weekend." Vegas is not where I'm going. But that's either there or there. I went to go speak at the Money Show. I'm staying at the Paris Hotel. I get up on uh, Wednesday morning. I went downstairs, got a cup of coffee and a blueberry muffin. Now, I understand it's Vegas. I understand it's the Paris Hotel. Do you realize it was $18 for a blueberry muffin and a not even a large cup of coffee, a medium cafe latte, and it was $18? Wow. I looked at the right and said, how much? She was $18. I go, I bet she wanted it. One of my buddies was just out there. He said the first thing everybody does is walk across the street to the Walgreens and buy a, a, like a twelve pack of water. The water was six dollars a bottle. Yeah, that's what he water. said. I'm like, yeah, what? yeah. He says everybody goes across the street and buys a six. You see everybody in the elevator yeah. holding their twelve pack of water from the Walgreens. It's I hate to say it, it's just stupid. It, it's it, it's honestly it's stupid, right? Well, but, you're you're, um, you're you're tapping into the people who have the wealth. They don't even care. Well, apparently, yes. Well, you would think so. Although you know, you walk around, you walk around the casino in the Paris Hotel. You, you know, you see all kinds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. By the way, uh, they're hooked up to the the uh, the old. It used to be the old MGM, the Bally's. Yeah. Well, the, the rooms there are bigger than Paris, by the way. So if you even if you you're better off staying there and, and walking through the casino. Well, Paris got a nice I, casino. I, I stayed at the Paris because that's where the convention was. Yeah. And, I, and I flew in and flew out. I flew in Tuesday night. I was there Wednesday. I flew out Wednesday night. So I was only there for 24 hours. But um, you know the 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 the, the conference was great. You know, I had a, a couple of presentations. I met some very interesting people. I always enjoyed doing that. But then I'm like, okay, time to get me out. So uh, well, if we so walk by the, by the uh, way, you don't have. Nice... By the way, I met a guy, Adam Reeves, out there in uh, at the at the at the conference, who's a fan of yours, really a big fan of yours. Uh, and so we were talking about it because he says to me, well, he didn't know, I didn't know who he was. And he saw me, he comes walking right up to me and he said to me, are you Kenny Polkari from Stocks and Jocks? I go, oh, I'm on Stocks and Jocks. I said, but it's not mine. You know, I love those guys. I love when you get on there. We had this whole conversation. The guy says, will you take a picture with me? I go, yes, I'll take it. Well, good for you. Hey, talk about it. Anyway, he wants to know when you're coming to New York to bring whoever you want to bring to New York because I think he wants in. Oh, okay. We still have to work that out this year, for sure. 
Since Manny Weber's yeah, had the second, he, he was a good guy. He since Manny really Weber's guy. had the second little girl who doesn't want to sleep through the night, it doesn't appear. Our <laughs> trip got curtailed till she could sleep more. Um, yeah. Anyway, hey, we're talking about a, a macabre thing. Did you walk through the valleys at all? No, I, I honestly, I was. I I arrived on Tuesday night at nine o'clock. I had to wait an hour and a half, by the way, to check into the hotel oh, because. Wow. Uh, the, the the ATM things that the check-in things weren't working and they had nine slots behind the reception desk for you know nine workers to check people in they had two people oh, and they had a line it took me an hour and a half so I was it started off wrong anyway uh, and then I went to bed and then I got up Wednesday morning did my thing uh, had dinner Wednesday night and then uh, took off but no I didn't have to well if you if you around. if you walk by where the check-in is at the uh, Bally's which used to be the MGM by the way there's a really nice bar that, that we used to Used to frequent all the time back when I was young, and uh, <clears throat> that's the that's the bar when they had the fire, the, the fire dropped out of the ceiling, and all those people just got singed right into their seat and died instantly at that bar. I'm sure that's not yeah. something they have on the wall, but <laughs> that fire there was unreal. It, it it went through the whole lobby in like a fifth of a second or something. It was so hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Wow. I mean, we were young, but. Anyway, bud, thank you very much. Uh, what do you think? Does rally continues to the election, or can, is it going to no, be a oopsie? I don't, I, no, I don't. Well, I think it's. I think we're going to back off through the first quarter. So by the end of March, I think we're slightly lower from where we are today. And then I think when we're going to get more, you know, after the March Fed meeting, because there'll be no cut in March. I don't think there's going to be cut in May, and I don't think there's going to be cut in June. So once they get that out there and the market really adjusts to the fact that look, these three or four rate hike, uh, cuts that you think are coming are not coming. I think the market backs off, which is okay. I'd love to see the market back off and shake the branches and see who falls out, right? Um, because I'd like to buy uh, from from my long-term portfolio. I'd like to buy stock a little bit cheaper. And I think that's what we're going to see going into uh, the end of March. And then I think the market adjusts, and then uh, and then we make a slow way back. Look, I think the Dow, I think the I think the market's going to return about eight or nine percent this year. If you add in divvies, maybe it's ten or eleven percent. So if we get to fifty. 200 or 5150 by the end of the year i think that's good i mean considering look we're already at 51 we already tested 5100 now yeah but i think yeah. we're well ahead right um and so and so therefore we it's got to back off a little bit and churn i think all right bud take care of yourself got a real quick break and then we're professor hal snar uh sp is up six and if he's up 47 real quick break are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They're located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349- 
708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. we got Ryan on the board. SP Futures up 675. NASDAQ Futures up 50. Uh, individual stocks and the Dow. Uh, actually, not much of anything going anywhere. Uh, we've got uh, Salesforce up a buck. Uh, Walmart up 65 cents. That's really about it. IBM up 67. So kind of a quiet morning. We have a... Uh, Zoom up six bucks. They were up eight a minute ago, but now they're up six. They hit uh, beat on earnings, re- earnings and revenue. Do we have the professor? Hey, Tom, how you doing? Doing all right. What do you think about the surge pricing in Wendy's? Oh, I know. I uh, just tweeted about it. I think what's going to happen is, you know, people love their Wendy's, but I'm not going to pay a premium to have it from 11 to 1. I'll just go to McDonald's or Burger King. Well, and I think it might also, what my, people, real fans of Wendy's might do is, they might just delay lunch until uh, the surge pricing is over. So I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it would make more sense, I think, if you're going to do it to say uh, these are the prices, and oh, by the way, before 10 o'clock they're 20% off, and after 2 o'clock they're 20% off. That that sounds better, doesn't it? I think that might work better, yeah. But, uh, you know, it would work It would work great if they didn't face competition. Yeah. But unfortunately they do face the competition, and I don't. I don't think burgers are. Uh, I think burgers, for the most part, especially fast food burgers, they're pretty much all commodities. So I don't. I don't see it working at all. What about the In and Out Burger? They're not commodities. They're good. Well, yeah. I think. I mean, I'm talking about like McDonald's yeah. and Burger King and Wendy's. I mean, in in Utah, it's really quite strange. In Utah, when you drive around, there's a bunch of these regional fast food joints. There's the uh, there's Iceberg. There's a couple locations called Iceberg. There's Hires. Hires root beer, A and W. Oh yeah, A&W. you still got A and Ws? Oh, they used to have some here. They're gone. Yeah, in Salt Lake, Utah, you have A and W. You got Hires. You get in, uh, in rural Ohio. They're still you can still get those things. Yeah, but you have all kinds of taco joints too. You got Taco John's, Taco uh, Del Taco. You got uh, Taco Time, Fiesta LA. In New York, your fast food choices are pretty much relegated to the big three. Right? Well, if you if you want to be an entrepreneur at all. There's really only a few industries you can get in. You can't go on a trading floor anymore. I mean, you used to be able to do that. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I thought that was a great way to be an entrepreneur. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't think anybody would want to start a brokerage firm now. I mean, we did it in '91. It was a lot easier. People encourage you. Nobody. The people like the competition now. I mean, nobody wants any any competition anywhere, do they? It's. Uh, yeah. In fact, tonight. I'm, it's I'm, too tough. You know, government makes it really difficult for people to kind of break into these places. Tonight I'm going to do a, a thing with Kevin for his uh, his class and uh, talk a little bit about regulation in, in our industry and uh, and a little bit about antitrust and I, I, I think I 
and I don't want to take up too much of the time. I'm a guest speaker, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to just start at the absolute basics, Hal, and, and say, does anybody even... I mean, I'm just going to read the first four lines of the of the Sherman Act. And does anybody even does anybody even know that anymore? <laughs> You're not supposed to combine and restrain trade, and by the way, it's a felony. Does, does anybody even know that? I mean, when's yeah. the last time anybody... Uh, government's not going to... Uh, I think I think government uses its power to create uh, um, difficult. When we teach microeconomics, we talk about how in the pure comp- competition model, there's no barriers to trade, and we really never discuss in that model what are the sources of those barriers of trade. We never really get into the weeds of that, and I'm I'm convinced that government creates the barriers to entry. They really do. In Utah, for example, there is no regulation there's no regulator of amusement parks and yet uh, uh, lagoon which I, I call Mormon six flags it's up in uh, Layton Utah um, north, north of Salt Lake there's you know there's no I mean they don't want people to die and if anybody got injured on their rides people would hear about it and they wouldn't go so lagoon spends a lot of money on maintenance and upkeep there is no minimum standard of quality that government poses on them, right? So they want to do the best they can, and they do, and they do a great job. But when a, a politician in Utah found out about that or discovered it, he was outraged on the news, and he wanted to create a regulator for amusement parks. And of course, when they asked Lagoon what they thought about it, and what are they going to say? No, we're not in favor of it. They said, yeah, we're open to it. And they're probably open to it because maybe deep down inside they know that if there's a regulator in Utah, what's going to happen is government's going to set these arbitrary quality standards, right? And as long as you meet these quality standards, you know, you're, you're, you're probably, your liability's waived, right? Because they can argue in the court that, hey, we're meeting the government standards. And, oh, by the way, that regulator's going to make it almost impossible for a competitor to jump into this space, right? So Lagoon's going to enjoy... A monopoly position. Well, the uh, the issue with that is, it's a and it's a, it's actually a real tough it's a real tough problem, Hal, because I'm ninety yeah. percent on your side um, of the situation, well, but also hey, that's, I, there's probably very few people on my side. So thanks, Tom. Well, I'm, I, you know, I, I think there there needs to be someone who. Uh, I use the example. I don't know uh, when I was very young. It wasn't like electricity was brand new, but it wasn't. It wasn't as all over the place as there was today. I mean, people didn't trust it as much in those days. I mean, the lights all had, you know, they were hotter than hell, so they would you, they'd start fires with them, and you had, there were the, you know, electricity was not as these were ubiquitous or something as it is today. So. If if your mom sent you out to buy an extension cord or a clock radio, you better walk in with one that said UL approved on it, because somebody didn't want, you know, back in the day was the made in Japan thing. Somebody didn't want to go out and buy an electrical cord, where somebody's always going to cut a corner, right? I mean, if somebody if it costs five bucks to make an electrical cord that's going to last you for five years, somebody will find a way. To get one that'll last you for twenty minutes and charge you three bucks for it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's people want to. I'm not saying they want to kill somebody, but they're going to do the minimum they can, right? Uh, so, 
somebody will. Other people, maybe not so much. They'll make sure it's safe. But the, uh, so you, you, these people, they had to pay to get UL's underwriter's lab certificate that this thing met their standards. And the government didn't have to do it. I mean, I mean, but people like the idea that when they buy something, it's safe. Now, if you fly on United Airlines, you like to think that the, that the airline is keeping up with the maintenance that Boeing or Airbus sets. Some people probably do a little more. They want to be absolutely for sure. But you can rest assured that somebody's going to come in with, you know, in the old days, what was it, Air Express or whatever? What was the one that had the... Uh, they brought the cash register down the middle of the plane, and you actually got on there without buying a ticket, and you paid on the plane. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. It was. They ended up being. Uh, what the hell did they end up being? They had a big. They had a big thing. They were in Newark, which they were. Uh, I don't remember. I don't think of the name of it. But they. Well, that had to be uh, well before like security check-ins and stuff. Oh, right? oh God, yeah, way before <laughs> that. And uh, you can't even you can't even get past security now. No, right? no, no. And uh, so, I mean, you could pay cash on the plane. They, they, they had a, a cash register. Well, you know, you could pay. Wow. We could have had quarters. There was a slot for the quarters. And uh, that was the name of that place, Something Express. Uh, and and uh, so they, I mean, so somebody's always going to say, "What's the absolute minimum?" Right. And I, I mean, when when Pullman was making railroad cars, we made it. We made it for the city of Boston in my group. The the people from Boston just dropped somebody in the plant. They had an inspector. They were the they were the customer. And the guy, you know, he wandered around. He was a good guy. He knew the people there. Just, make, you know, checked up on stuff. Make sure the people at Pullman that were supposed to check up on stuff were doing it. You know, it, it, the people at Pullman did a really nice job. So he didn't have much of a job, but he was he was there. You know, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, I think he did. I don't know if he needed fifteen people from the state of Illinois there necessarily. I think he didn't. But it's not like somebody never needs to check, right? I mean, it, there's. It's a real. Well, Tom, I would argue that people check all the time. If, well, if if people don't check when they think government is regulating and inspecting, well, that's that's and if government you know, that's is probably. regulating and inspecting. People are checking all the time, right? People themselves will check. They don't want to die on an airplane. They don't want to die in an amusement park, right? But if they believe government inspectors are doing a dil- uh, do their due diligence and actually inspecting product and services. Then maybe they're not as uh, they're not as in tune as they should be, right? So, in the absence of all that, with the internet, I think it'd be pretty easy to find out who's uh, skimping and who's not, because I don't think anybody wants to really, really die, right? Well, I mean, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of I'm with you on this. I don't once you get. I mean, when you talk about both, customers like, are brutal regulators, brutal regulators. Well, I, I mean, I think if you're buying planes at you know millions of dollars a, pi- a copy from Boeing. Yeah. I mean, United and these people are, are very in tune about getting and, and they've got people that are pretty smart at United, right? That know how planes yeah. work. I don't know the idea. You know, you know, there's the Elizabeth Warrens of the world, and I, where, where's the government inspectors in the going Boeing plant? And I'm hoping the answer is nowhere. Yeah, well, you know, we have a we have government inspectors apparently that are inspecting Boeing. Boeing really has a monopoly position within the United States. They only have one competitor. Their their competitors government owned in in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we we have that going on in aerospace now, and yet we have planes flying around that don't have bolts in them, right? So I mean, when when government grants monopoly powers to firms, they don't really have to do their due diligence. They don't have any competitors, right? In the Soviet Union, the number one cause of apartment fires in Moscow, Moscow. Um, was TVs, right? Why? 
because the TV czar, the guy that ran the TV industry, he didn't have any competitors. And it didn't matter to him whether his product exploded or not because he had a monopoly granted by the the, uh, the pull-up bureau, right? So in, in a market system where there is competition, what you're gonna see is an, an, a massive improvement in quality and safety and lower prices. But the problem with that model is the big one, the big firm that's been around for a while, they don't like the comp- competition, right? So they'll lobby government for quote unquote safety, right? Regulations and environmental regulations. Why? Because they want, because that'll eliminate the competitors, right? Well, you know, I, there is a, but a lot of stuff you can't really, it's hard to have, you know, competition like on a pipeline or something. For the pipeline, yes, but your, uh, your girlfriend, uh, Sarah Palin, of all people, remember her? Yeah, I remember her. I, when I saw her on Cudlow, uh, before she was picked to be the vice president, I can't believe how good she was on energy questions. And I told my wife that I think uh, McCain's going to pick her to be his uh, running mate. And she was like, who's that? I go, she graduated from University of Idaho, and she lives in Alaska, and she's the governor up there. Well, She was she was a beauty pageant girl, too. Yeah, and guess what? He, he did pick her, right? And yeah. my wife was like, wow, you need to be a political advisor or something. I didn't, I didn't realize how bad she was on other questions, but she was really good on energy on Cudlow's question. Uh, well, on her, her uh, and she was obviously, you know, on the right side of the political spectrum mm-hmm. and somewhat pro-business, but I heard her being interviewed one night, and she said these oil companies, if you don't watch them every minute, they'll, like, break every safety rule there is. <laughs> you know, I mean, so yeah. she had no... She goes, these guys, they, you know, you, you get some regulations for the pipeline or whatever. And she said, if you absolutely didn't inspect it, they didn't. They paid no attention to the regulations. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, though, if they're laying a pipeline through Alaska, I mean, that pipeline and the government regulations and licensing rules say there is no other competitor. They're only going to have this one pipeline. Of course, they're probably going to do exactly what BP did in the Gulf, right? In the Gulf. BP was pushed out into the Gulf. Remember that big spill out in the Gulf of Mexico? Yeah, yeah. They were pushed out into the Gulf because of what happened in Valdez, right? The Exxon Valdez incident, right? So instead of drilling closer to the shore, Exxon Valdez agreed to uh, go deeper where it's more unsafe uh, instead of closer to the shore. And the government limited their liability to like 20, I don't know, $20 billion or something like that. So of course, in that situation, you're probably going to be a little reckless, right? Because government has blessed you out there uh, in in riskier waters where it's more risky, more likely that you're going to have a leak, right? So, uh, you know, I, I agree with her 100%, but that pipeline in Alaska is essentially, that's a monopoly on the distribution of oil. I don't think she was talking about the pipeline specifically, but all kinds of stuff. I mean, he, I mean Alaska well, is... Well, in terms of the distribution, they essentially have a... they That pipeline uh, provides that company with what is essentially a monopoly on distribution of oil from Alaska to Canada and the United States. It was, it's owned by what? Four or five different companies? And is, yeah. this, is a state a shareholder well, so too? It's a, so it's a cartel. Yeah, it's a cartel. Yeah. A cartel, a distribution cartel. Well, you know, one of the biggest uh, wastes of energy pretty much ever was because at the time there was no way to liquefy natural gas, uh, it really should have been two pipelines, one for... Yeah oil and one for gas and but what were you going to do with the gas down in uh, what's the name of the port uh, where's, where's the pipeline end uh, when they put it on the ships there was no way to, so they've, they've they've been flaring off now I think they're they're uh, 
doing something with the natural gas, but for years and years, they just flared off the natural gas. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, what, what's really funny about that is all these Bitcoin miners, Yeah. they, they saw that, they observed that, and they said, hey, let's use that natural gas that they're flaring off. Let's use that to create electrical electrical generation, electrical generator, and we'll use it to power our servers to crack and mine Bitcoin. When's, it, when's this Bitcoin thing going to totally fall apart? You know it's going to. I mean, there's, there's nothing there. There's no value. Well, I, I don't think I don't think Bitcoin itself is going to fall apart because government currencies are so poorly managed. I mean, they they inflate, they they print money like crazy, and the, the country that prints the less money relative to others, they they're going to have the most stable currency, and that generally is the United States, right? So all these governments are you know pushing fast forward, right? Maximum speed on their printing presses, and the United States its currency is you know still the least bad of the government currencies. I would say the Swiss so franc it, it's is still the least the, bad. the one that people value, right? Well, you have to, but I would say the Swiss franc is probably the best. Yeah. But I, t- I think in terms of international trade and whatnot, I think the dollar is still pretty much king in terms of transactions, right? And th- that's the big part of money is... Well, I, don't, I understand. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, nobody you know, shouts from, the, from my little petty stool here more about the degradation of the U.S. dollar, but yeah. it's not it's not worth zero. Where Bitcoin's got yeah. nothing. I mean, just, I mean, yeah, we're we're we're, we're but, but, denigrating I mean, what, what, it. But what is a real what is a dollar really? It's just a piece of paper. I mean, that's all. Well, it I mean, is. we it's have. Like last time I checked, we we do have some bridges. We do have yeah. some human capital. Yeah. We do have some and, aircraft and, carriers. Uh, but if you think about what a dollar is, it's just paper that is accepted for the payment of taxes, right? right? If government, if government said you can pay your bit, your taxes in Bitcoin, I guarantee there'd be a lot of people paying their taxes. In Bitcoin well, there, but there's a, um, you, and it, it beca- you're, it'd become a currency. Your uh, your econ- your economic knowledge in some areas is so much superior to mine in terms of the mo- the, the math of it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I did a, I don't know why, but I got stuck stuck in some class. We did a lot of. Uh, currency theory and you know people like Friedman would say every currency will at some point drop to its its inherent value meaning there, I mean there's going to be there's something I mean the, the, the cigarettes in the car, in the concentration camp if all of a sudden the, the least value the least they got down to a value where people like to smoke them and would pay for them you know in other words yeah. they're worth something yeah. I mean in, in our dollar I don't like the fact that it's being degraded uh, in terms of how much gold's behind it and silver. I mean, not behind it, but you know, somewhat behind it. And, but it, and I don't like where that's going. But to create something totally out of nowhere and say this is better, one one is is forty percent of what it ought to be. The other zero. Yeah. Well, I think if government, ought, if we ran an experiment, we we asked government to do this for just a year. If government went, said you can't pay taxes with American dollars anymore and you can only pay them with Bitcoin Bitcoin would instantaneously replace the dollar as the medium of exchange in the United States Well, because the, the, then the, the government would have to back the Bitcoin so the well they wouldn't back it right they sure wouldn't have would. no control over it and we'd probably have less inflation no, they, well first of all I don't we only got a couple of minutes before that's the break. not going to happen but if they but I'm saying that, I, 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 I think and I, and I know a whole lot of people disagree with me. I think this entire Bitcoin thing is a is a huge scam. <laughs> the the idea, I mean, the, the idea that 
Uh, I mean, we have we have laws in this country, okay, uh, that make some sense. Not all of them do, but if, if you have a uh, an account at PTI or any other brokerage firm or any bank for that matter, and all of a sudden, I, mean, I don't know the rules I, as much as I should have, but it's if you all of a sudden your mail comes back to us two, three times, we're supposed to try and track you down, okay? And if and if and if we can't find you over whatever the number is, my brother knows this obviously, maybe it's six months or whatever it is, that that money of yours is going to the state, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to go to the the Secretary of State of Illinois. And oh, by the way, you can retrieve it there when you when you say, "Where the hell's my money?" I mean, we, we've never done this. We've always we've always found people. I mean, because some people move without a forwarding address or think they did or whatever. It's not, it's, it's rare, but it happens. Uh, there, there, there are laws regarding people's wealth that you can't just, after six months, me put it in my pocket, okay? Well, in Bitcoin, if you, if you bought $50,000 worth of Bitcoin two years ago and didn't tell anybody in your family and, and forgot your password, they can't get it. Yeah. The Bitcoin, well, but- the Bitcoin people don't have to send it to the state under the name of Hal Snar. The yeah. idea that it just stays there for four centuries and nobody steals it i don't you you couldn't you couldn't blow that one by me for a second hal that's that's but but, but that happens to gold all the time you got you know a treasure ship uh treasure ship filled with gold and it goes down because of some hurricane okay well that was that was uh, 400 years Islands, ago yeah and and it sinks and nobody knows about that gold until some diver you know 300 years ago discovers it, and all of a sudden this guy has all this gold right so with bitcoin if government made it legal tender and said you can pay your taxes with it and you can't use dollars to pay the taxes i guarantee what would happen is the fluctuations in bitcoin would disappear to zero there would be no fluctuations in it and there'd be no inflation because the government couldn't print more of it um so it would be a, it'd be like turning the light switch almost yeah the idea that there's this massive governance of this bitcoin i just don't buy any of it the idea that well, the governance—the governance is at the individual level, well, right? Allegedly, the, it's, it's decentralized, right? Well, the idea the that, that somebody would have—I mean, we're never, never going to get anywhere with this debate. But the idea that the somebody with a kung fu beard walked down and made this massive investment, walked back into the monastery and let everybody do everything themselves—I don't buy that for a second. Hell, <laughs> I don't—I don't, I don't buy that anyway. We're never going to get anywhere with this. SPV is up two, and no, is up twenty. Yeah, we'll run around in circles. But I mean, I, I just—I. I know people too well. I, don't, I just don't buy <laughs> We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 
online on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Stocks and jocks. I'm Tom O. We have Ryan on the board. SP futures up 250. Nasdaq up 28. So we're still up, but we're leaking back a little bit here. Um, that, you know, not horrible, but uh, we don't have. Uh, Virtually not much. Tesla's up four bucks. We've got uh, Nvidia down a buck seventy-seven. Really, not much happening uh, here today so far. I use that term so far. That can certainly change. Dow, Dow uh, futures are down twenty-seven bucks. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up eighty-one. That's lead the pack. They're up uh, 0.5 percent. Um, FTSE down three. Call that flat. Cac around down one. Call that flat. So there you go. Uh, over in Asia. We've got the Nikkei up five, call that flat. Hang Seng up 156, that's a full percent. 16,790. Shanghai back over 3,000 after being under 2,900 for a while. It's up 38 points. So the uh, Chinese uh, government attempt to push the market upward has, has been uh, is certainly working at least the last few days. Uh, yesterday we were down a little bit, not a lot. Uh, Dow was down 62, S&P down 19, Nasdaq down 20. So it was a, was a pause, but it wasn't exactly a sell-off. Ten-year down three basis points to 4.27. The Bund unchanged 2.42. Japan unchanged 0.70. Oil down 11 cents. Very quiet in the oil patch today. 77.47. Brent down 18 cents. A235. Natural gas down seven cents. 159. That's 4%. Who'd have thunk that when it was three bucks at the beginning of the season? Our Bob unchanged 231. Uh, we've got U.S. dollar. Uh, right, almost unchanged against the pound in the euro at 108.5 on the euro, uh, 126.8 on the on the pound. We've got gold up a little bit, up 7.2046. Silver up nine cents, 22.83. Copper up a penny, 3.83. Bitcoin on a big rampage here today, up 2,300 bucks, four percent, 56,904. 
Frank, what do you got for us? Abbreviated traffic weather sports. Sure thing. Uh, weather update, it is currently 51 degrees in Chicago, now with a high of 65 and a low of 27. And in Phoenix, Arizona, we're still at 58 degrees, with a high of 75 degrees and a low of 54. Uh, looking at traffic, we've got inbound Kennedy from O'Hare to uh, Jane Byrne Interchange is 34 minutes. Inbound Edens to I-290 slash Jane Byrne via the Kennedy is 35 minutes. Inbound I-290 to the Kennedy is 48 minutes. And the inbound Stevenson from I-355 to the Dan Ryan is 39 minutes. Ryan, did you cut yourself off? What did you do over there? Oh, no. No, no. Sorry about that. I'm here. Um, um, back to sports news. The Blackhawks lost 2-3 to to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the Bulls won 114-8, to uh, excuse me, 108 against the Pelicans. Uh, Sox lost to the Rangers 2-4 to in the preseason. And the Cubs got smoked 0-6 to to the Kansas City Royals. How are you feeling about that, Tom? Well, Sox, I think you're going to have a... They lost 100 games last year, and, and they lost a couple of their better players. So I don't know how they come back from that. I don't know. They're lousy. But, but they want a new ballpark. That's uh, another thing. So uh, anyway, that's where that goes. So we have we still have Mr. Hal. What's up? All right. With the uh, two things, I mean, uh, I, I, I get this weird idea that because what they've done with the currency, and, you know, we talk about this all the time, but it, it is, it is it's relentless, Hal, in the sense that, People don't. We had Adrienne yesterday um, talking about what happened in the residential community, and I, I'm on this kind of a shtick now where I'm uh, I'm really getting tired of all the guys who are making bazillion dollars on TV for doing God knows what. Uh, talking about the price of eggs are coming down a little, so everything's okay, and the inflation or the price of gas, you know, blah blah blah. I'm going to say the 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 stealth inflation of stuff you don't see. The emergency room that you haven't been in hopefully your whole life and all of a sudden you you go in there because you know you, you messed up a finger playing softball or something you're, you're stunned by the number but there's no reason for you to know what the number is I know Audrey does a lot of uh, well she sells a lot of houses right for people and there's always these house inspections right and people you know a lot of times there's something wrong with a house that nobody even knows and I mean for instance you might be you might have two fireplaces or something, and uh, you only use one. You haven't used the other one since you moved in, right? And all of a sudden, the inspector comes and says, hey, the chimney and the, the fireplace you never use is um, messed up. Something happened. It's, whatever, it's not, you know, it obviously didn't fall down or you'd notice that. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you go out and get an estimate. <laughs> the estimate comes back at like 15 grand or, or 12 yeah. grand or something, and people go, wait a minute. <laughs> You could put up a new one for that. I mean, what, what, what are you t- what are you talking about? I mean, that that should be in their estimation. The last time they knew of anybody had a problem like that, it was three grand or thirty five hundred. Now, if somebody wants like twelve, it's um, one of the guys here in the office uh, yesterday. He lives in a you know it's a pretty nice house in a pretty nice neighborhood. Not not Gold Coast, nothing like that. Uh, tax bill last year was eleven. Now now they want twenty. Well, that's a shot. Nobody. Nobody has an extra 9G in the bank just to lob to the city for laughs. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, I can't even, Kenny talked about his, he had COVID and it was getting kind of worse a couple of weeks ago and he went to the hospital, he must have given him 
said he was okay and gave probably a prescription of some kind. Sixty-five hundred bucks for two hours. Hmm. I mean, we're talking about just just because I, I'm a proud owner of a, a new a new a new to me truck this week. And I went to look at tires, and you know, and I keep a truck with this. I've always had trucks. I mean, you could buy any nice tire you wanted. Four years ago was the last time I bought a tire. 175, 180, maybe 190 for the best Michelin. Now they're all 300. Yeah. I mean, we're not. I mean, every, everything is. Anybody who thinks that this price bubble is not, but hasn't affected you yet. It's not just eggs and whatever. You just, you just haven't bought anything. <laughs> I mean, you haven't, you haven't bought a car. You haven't needed a roof. You have, it, this, the, the sticker shack is still out there for a lot of people. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think the problem with the way that we talk about inflation is we we talk about in terms of average prices. You know, and how much they change in yeah. three spot, but that's not inflation. Inflation is the devaluation of the currency right. by the central bank printing money, right? And so we do see eggs coming down in price. We do see uh, milk coming down. I, I see it right in New York. I mean, it was uh, the milk. I don't think the milk coming down. The milk is still like five or six dollars a gallon, but when you buy it at a bodega, a local bodega in New York. You got to look at the due date because they're keeping the milk. The milk that they would have probably discarded because of the due date. They're keeping those gallons yep. in the store longer, right? And they're still selling at a higher price. So what we're seeing is that inflation is so bad for people probably in the bottom 50% that they can't buy their wants anymore because the prices have gone up so much. Uh, and they're struggling to buy their needs. So you're seeing demand shifts uh, at the microeconomic level, right? You're seeing demand kind of shift in and that pulls those prices down, right? The the government is still printing money. It looks like M2 is back on its pre-pandemic trend or it's soon to be well, back we'll, on. We'll find out today at noon what the, yeah. what the January number was. Yeah, uh, but it, it looked but, like it uh, bottomed out. It well, December, looked, it yeah, like it bottomed out. yeah. Uh, November, December was up. December yeah. was up a hundred billion dollars. Yeah, MT has bottomed out. It bottomed out probably back in November. Yeah, right? well, we'll see what. And it's back on its climb. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see the number today. If it, if it climbs for the third month, then you and I know for sure it's not an aberration. They're doing it on purpose. Yeah, so they're, they're. I think they're reinflating, right? So what Kenny was saying before um, he, you know, uh, during his little segment. Uh, he was saying that, you know, I agree with 100%, right? Let, let all this wash out, right? Uh, let the fruit, you know, see what happens with the fruit in the tree or whatever. Let it all fall out and then get back in because the Fed, to me, is going to continue to inflate. It's going to continue to print money. And it has to because tre- those treasuries have to, be, have to be purchased by somebody. And it doesn't matter if the Fed buys those treasuries directly, which, which we used to call monetizing. It doesn't matter if the Fed buys those directly or banks buy them, right? Because eventually the Fed is going to purchase them from a bank. Uh, they're going to take them off the hands. Well, they of the can't. Bank. They can't. They can't buy them directly. They, they, yeah. Which you might say, boy, that that's a nice rule. But they, but it, they it, weren't. They weren't doing it. They they had the authority to buy those bonds directly from the I, Treasury. I think during, that the, the, during the financial crisis. See, that's that's why if, if, if you know you had a real lot of money and wanted to join PTI, I mean I. First thing I would do if I became some huge firm is you you want to get into the uh, the loop where you get the the stuff right from the treasury. Yeah. Because the treasury gives Morgan Stanley, they use them to sell the tr- their 
the auction. They, they use them to sell the stuff, right? Yeah. And then the Fed, and they pay commission, by the way. Yeah. And the Fed turns around and goes in the open market and buys it. And they pay a commission, too. <laughs> so Yeah, it's, there's a back end right there, right? Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're, it's a two-step transaction. And that, that's, the, that's the theory of Austrian, that's the Austrian theory of money, right? Whoever gets to whoever gets to buy those things first, are buying them uninflated, right? Yeah, you're talking about the, the you're first. talking about a prime dealer. Yeah, so th- they're buying that stuff first, right? Well, before they get but you but, but you but you don't want to hang on to it. I mean, yeah. You want to you're just you're, it's like a uh, uh, IPO. I mean, you, you yeah. hang on to it for ten minutes, but the the whole the whole no, nobody would give the uh, the treasury the ability to just print money and send it out there yeah okay i mean even even you wouldn't even get give that to caesar that but we do the two-step where the treasury puts it out there somebody buys it yeah exactly and then the fed turns around and buys it from them yeah so in theory it's the fed that's is is manipulating the money supply but the treasury can't wouldn't be putting it out there if they knew the fed wasn't a second buyer because all of a sudden they could have put it out there if it wasn't for the treasury just think what california to do California's got like a what, forty or fifty billion dollar shortfall now. They run, run through all their reserves. Yeah. What, what would California do if they had a, a central bank? It's Man, pretty, pretty yeah. But here's here's what I'm saying: is somehow the the collision here, Hal, is you want these stock prices to the moon because your population thinks the, the economy's great because the stock market's great. Yeah. Right? So you can't. You're you're running out of money. I mean, you're, I went through some of the Fed numbers. We're we're down from last year, and last year last year we were down from 22. Even though it was supposedly a great year, if you listen to everybody, uh, that the deficit was bigger. And by the way, I think the receipts were lower. So how the hell can the receipts be lower and the economy be better? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I just don't I just don't see it, man. I, I yeah. see I see all these people being laid off by you know uh, various newspaper and uh, news organizations. You see the layoffs there. You see layoffs in tech, right? It's I, and I, I think people are really having a hard time yeah. finding work. I mean, we're talking, you know, maybe, you know, fifty percent are lower. People really, I think, people are really having a hard time finding work now. If you have a job at one of these media companies and you read the teleprompter, you're you're probably feeling pretty good. If you work in D.C., you're probably feeling pretty good. And that's where we get our news from. Right. Most people, oh, yeah. right? So we're being told everything's great, but. You know, I don't. I don't feel that it's all that great, honestly. Well, and so then if, when you go to you wanna, store, it's like getting punched in the face. But if you want to close the deficit somehow, I mean, who's who's not paying their fair share? Are the, are the big companies? Yeah. Okay. Now, now what is the fair share? Uh, well, I'd say their their, their rates twenty one percent. When you're in mind, might be thirty nine. Well, Supreme Court said, by the way, they're they're a regular person, right? Well, it seems to me that if they are. Now, I don't like the idea that we double tax. That's what makes the Warren Buffetts of the world and these other people have so much cash. Yeah. I think that they should pay the same amount as everybody else. And by the way, if they pay a dividend, they should be able to deduct it because whoever gets the dividend, let them pay for it, yeah. whatever tax rate and, they and have. A company's paying dividends. The owners of those those stocks that are receiving those dividends, they're the ones who should be paying the tax, right? Okay, but I mean... That's my that's my point, but yeah. the company shouldn't pay, and then those people pay. Yeah. The double taxation. So, anyway, but it, the point is that. My, but if, if you look at international transactions, right? If you're an American company selling a bunch of stuff in Fran- uh, Europe, 
you're paying tax in Europe, right? Well, it, it depends where you have your income. Yeah, and then Which, you got to then you bring that back to the United States. And you got to pay tax well, on whatever they're, left. They're, they are they're not getting screwed. <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're they're they got some kind of tax domicile. That's the beauty of transfer pricing. Yeah, my my uh, buddy uh, Dan, uh, he works at Presswater uh, Coopers in Boston, and he actually wrote one of the chapters in that book. And he was, that's his specialty, is transfer pricing. And he did it in, uh, he was in Egypt right before the Arab Spring, and he, his family was evacuated, and he ended up being in Dubai, then Indonesia, and now he's in Boston. And that's exactly right, the, the transfer pricing, I mean, all they do is, I mean, essentially what they do is, it's these uh, prices that are paid within the company, and all they have to do is, you know, set these prices in a way, justifying that, well, these are the prices that would be paid if we were purchasing them from a different company, and it's a it, it's a legal way of uh, accruing revenues in lower tax well, regions it's, like Switzerland. Let's put it this way: it's not it's not legal. It's just not illegal, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I, I I think when I read the when I read this money and banking book, one of the most striking things that uh, the author said is that he called. I think he called, if I remember right, it's been like 10 years since I read this in the textbook, going around and finding ways around regulations. He called that financial innovation or yeah, something. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, then, but then you're, you're also meeting with people from the IRS who might be dumb as a rack, or yeah. you promise them a job when you get out. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my late friend, Bob Golden, I, you know, we miss him personally for sure. He's one member of our group that's no longer with us. Uh, he's come on the show, and, and Bob was, uh, I don't, you know, he's, he's dead for a while, so I can use his name, and people know on the air he talked about it, so it wasn't like he was holding up on it. He was retired. He, we worked for one of the big the big accounting firms at the time, and uh, he was in their international tax group, and he was one of the guys that, you know, was one of the in- inventors of the double Dutch sandwich, and the what, what was the other one, the Irish something-something. And what they would do is... Uh, Say a Starbucks, they were big on this. Starbucks had like, I don't know, a gazillion Starbucks in London and in Britain. I don't think they had hardly any in Amsterdam. Yet all their income was in Amsterdam. You know, they would run the, the, the price, they'd, they'd buy the coffee from Africa to Amsterdam at three bucks a pound or whatever the hell it is, and then they'd sell it to the people in, in London at six bucks a pound. So the, the profit really was in Amsterdam, even though all the sales were in London. Yeah, I mean, well, screw that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, when you're broke, you have to look out there and say, who isn't paying their fair share, or else everybody's got to pay more. You know, as I get older, well, I just every time well, some. One of the problems with that, though, is uh, when you start thinking that way, um, companies, you know, like for example, this this was on 60 Minutes, and I think Leslie Stahl was the reporter. Yep, and she was interviewing. Um, this Democrat representative from Texas, and he was upset that a company in te- he called it his company because he didn't own the stock, but it was in t- a Texas company, so he called it his, which I thought was weird. But he, this company, they were uh, doing this transfer pricing, and all they had was a piece of paper that was in a mailbox in Zug, Switzerland. Yeah. And on 60 Minutes, he said, uh, "We're gonna, we're going to create a law that says you have to have your management team." Um, in order to get that tax break in that country. So what did that company do? Just on the words of this guy, they moved 
their office from Texas to Switzerland. It wasn't even a law that was passed. They just, on those words, they just said, well, all there, right. there needs to be a smell test. But right now, these big companies are all shoving cash in the back of these guys' pockets. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that if you did something and all of a sudden all these companies, I mean, the best was, I don't know the details, but I think it was Microsoft or the IRS, was this two, three months ago? Hit them up said, we think you owe us like $22 billion in taxes. Yeah. And the guy from Microsoft basically said, up yours, we'll be in court for seven years, you guys. Well, you know what? If there is a war on, stealing money from the government shouldn't be a national sport. Yeah. Well, I mean, did, did, didn't uh, Berkshire Hathaway's owe the federal government a billion dollars? Uh, the, the IRS claimed that Warren Buffett owed like a billion dollars, and Warren Buffett at the same time was telling people that uh, income taxes need to be go need to go from thirty five to thirty nine. Yeah. The reason why he said that is because he doesn't pay income tax; he pays right. capital gains. Yeah. Right. So to me, the IRS, the tax code, is just one one big Rube Goldberg machine. Well, right? I, but here's here's it's what you know: as, as as I get older, life gets simpler. You know, it's got it, every time somebody doesn't pay. I pay more, and all yeah. the and all the listeners and the contributors pay more. Well, I agree, and, I, and I'm tired. Of it. And I'm tired of it. To be honest with you, the, the rules are so convoluted. Well, that here's the, what the, the people just exploit and mine these loopholes. Right? Uh, here's here's what if you uh, say you found a ten million dollar sponsor for stocks and jacks, and all of a sudden we get on the radio station, we bought onto some station, and all of a sudden we're huge, and we've got you know we're making five million bucks and all of a sudden we're actually paying people to come on like you and me <laughs> you know, <laughs> imagine that uh you know i'll tell you this would be this is so immoral i can't go there uh but it's i'm gonna say it's it's stone cold legal uh we have uh for those that don't know stocks and jacks is trademark it's copyrighted to me or to stocks and jacks which i own uh if all of a sudden we were to say you know what this guy Ryan, he's a nice kid. We don't know how good of a producer he is. By the way, he, he's always wanted to live in Ireland. All right, we'll, we'll ship Ryan over to Ireland, and I think they've got the still the real the tax base, or we'll put him in Bermuda or some damn place, wherever, wherever we got to go. And we're going to say Ryan is a consultant. Ryan's going to we're going to form a little firm over there, and and Ryan is now an employee of that firm. Well, we're going to pay Ryan all the rice he can eat, as, as minimal yeah. as we get away of. We don't want to pay him too much, but we're going to say every week. We're gonna, we're, and plus we're gonna put the copyright over there, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna pay overseas for our own copyright for the use here, which is which is what Forest Labs did in the Bahamas or Bermuda, wherever it was. They put the patents for their drugs. The U.S. government gave them overseas, and then paid a lease for their own patents that the government gave them, so they didn't have to pay taxes here. Well, you know what? I don't know if that's legal or not, but that sucks. So, so we could send. Here's what Ryan does for us. Every week, he sends me a schedule of the contributors, which I could do myself in 30 seconds. But then we're going to pay that firm 100,000 a month for this consulting. Yeah, crew revenues in local yeah. tech states. Yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden, we're paying for the copyright over there, which, by the way, is, is given to us by the we applied for it, and we're going to pay 100,000 a month to this little group over there that Ryan runs. And we're gonna we're gonna pay Ryan two grand a month or whatever or five. We'd we'd be nice to Ryan. Uh, Do you really need to even have a person over there? You could just have. Well, eh, what I'm saying then now now it's totally legit. Yeah. You know now now all of a sudden the million dollars that that it looks like we're making here, we're gonna make fifty grand here and nine fifty in Ireland. Yep. And now 
I, I'm going to say it's not illegal. It To me, it's immoral because somebody else now has to pay that to make up for it. And oh, by the way, we got people friggin' dying in the Red Sea and all these places, and I can't even pay my taxes. I mean, what's? I mean, it shouldn't be a national sport to steal from a government when you got people in harm's way. Yeah, I just. Well, I, I still, I just think the the whole thing is so convoluted and crazy. And these companies, they they hire lawyers and accountants to mine. They literally mine the law. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, mine ways to pay lower tax. This, I don't know. If you're not an attorney, and I'm not, but. On the trading floor, they had a list of rules, right? And uh, they were all—they were ever mindful <laughs> that some sleazebag was going to find his way around whatever you can define as the rules. Somebody's going to find a way around it. So, like, the, here's number ten rules. Rule number eleven was anything else that is against the just and equitable principles of trade. <laughs> so, if, <laughs> if if you thought of something that we didn't think of in the, the ten rules and it kind of sucked. You know what? That's against the rules too. I, I, yeah. I, what was the first? Was the first rule is don't talk about Fight Club. Well, <laughs> well, what, what did our uh, my, my gym teacher at Marist? He's still alive, for God's sake. He comes out to softball once in a while. Um, what he said is rule number one: obey all the ro- all the other rules. <laughs> rule number two: never forget rule number one or something. <laughs> Some, something stupid like that, but it, in some ways it made it made sort of sense, right? It's like Yogi Berra logic, right? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, Yogi was the best, but then again, he also had uh, he had a mouthpiece in Joe Garagiola. Um, cause oh, he did. Yeah, well, yeah. They, well, they 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 grew up like in the same neighborhood as Joe Garagiola. Yeah. Said, "I'm the only Major League Baseball player who wasn't the best player in his block." Because <laughs> Yogi was like on the same block or something. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, but you know, you, you got. I mean, uh, this. I, I wouldn't put up with this for a second with these guys. I changed the rules. Okay, look, you're paying the same amount as everybody else, and oh, by the way, if you pay a dividend, you don't have to pay on that. Well, why should they pay twice? I mean, I, that's been a. That's that's the reason why Warren Buffett never gives anybody a dime. Well, I think the I think the reason why the firms win on this trade generally always is that the IRS is a, a, a government uh, bureaucracy that faces no competition. It doesn't matter if the, the people at the IRS, well, they could be good people, but they're not facing any competitors. They're, it's like a public school teacher. But they're not, they're not, they're not a 25-year-old I mean, they guy, guy or a lady in the IRS feels very comfortable harassing yeah. the living piss out of, out of, out of yeah. Hal Snyder or Tom Howe. Yeah. They're, they're, no, they're no not about to show up. They're not about to show up at the... Uh, yeah. At the Microsoft office and start going after you know whatever the guy runs the place. Yeah, I mean, why? Because maybe they want a job eventually at Microsoft, right? Well, they're just they're they're too big to spank. You can't you can't you can't do it. But they they might get a job. Maybe they're uh, they want to get a job at Microsoft and make more money. Well, right? because they're going to walk into some conference room and there's going to be eight yep. tax people making a thousand dollars an hour across the thigh and say, "No, you're way out of line," even yeah. though he may not be. But yeah. who, who are we going to get? And, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, this bigness, you talk about antitrust, all the reasons why people have these antitrust laws are right there in front of you. Well, now, the IRS rules themselves, if you really think about it, they're monopoly creating, right? Well, sure. Because only the big companies can mine the rules like they do and get away right. with what they get, right? So the IRS alone, itself, if you're anti-monopoly, then you got to be anti-IRS because the, the big companies, they have the teams of lawyers and accountants and they can intimidate IRS workers, right? 
Well, how it, many? It, how many? Creates monopoly. Just the simple stuff. Um, you know, and I'm sure as hell not giving tax advice, but if you were a, <clears throat> if you're a, in a in a place where, if you're even employed, you know, this is what comes down with these employee. This gets kind of complicated. I mean, why is why is health insurance so screwed up? Not all, not all of it. Why partially is it all screwed up? It's because it's tax deductible for a company and not for you. So yeah. in theory, if you went to work at you know Ryan's hot dog stand, and uh, now there's 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 all kinds of whether you're an employee or whether you're something else. But by and large, if Ryan says I I, I don't do uh, medical stuff, I would be way better off to be a. Now you got to pay more in your Social Security, so you got to go through this. But I'd be way better off saying, well, then then I'm a consultant. You send me just the gross check, and I'll pay my own medical stuff because now out of Tom Howe Inc. Instead of time, how I can deduct my medical expenses and have it, a, you know, after tax instead of pre or pre tax but after tax. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean, but how many people in the country even know that? I mean, it's yeah. so complicated that even even the simple stuff people don't. Anyway, how we 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 solved the problems of the world here, but we got a dash. How are things in New York? You guys had a storm uh, last week or two weeks ago. Hey, it's warming up. You know, uh, I could have walked to uh, I could have walked west to school today in my shorts. It's really? Pretty well, we're gonna go from seventy today to to twenty eight tonight with like a <laughs> a thunderstorm and maybe a tornado in the middle. So hopefully, you know, whatever. SP futures up six. Nasdaq futures up fifty. Thank you, Hal. Thanks, Ryan. Back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. That's all, folks.